Hello, and welcome back to Archives of Fabella Daily, the only podcast sprinkling a little magic into your day. Today is May 4th, equal to Taros 15th. Books are available on Amazon. Please rate and review the podcast on iTunes, or wherever you listen to your podcasts, and hit that subscribe button for more great stories right in your feed. May 4th might be Star Wars Day, but... In 1973, the 108-story Sears Tower in Chicago is topped out at 1,451 feet as the world's tallest building. In the magical world of Fabella, a queen bee with an ego got her comeuppance. I'm Dylan Foley, and this is Archives of Fabella. Beyond our world, there is love. Beyond our world, there is war. Beyond our world, there is life. Beyond our world, there is Fabella. Taros 15th, 5973, FY, Fabella year, equal to May 4th, 1973, AD, Earth year. In 5973 Sirencaster, there is no person more venerated than elven maiden Kaya Dornan. Dornan is a highly skilled witch and rising celebrity in Frabella's Brazil, known for her remarkable ability to heal through the power of magic. But Dornan's ability comes at a serious cost. She has developed quite the ego and likes to order people around. Dornan has a dominating presence in her city of Rudasis. As the queen bee, she holds everyone in her iron fist. She says jump, and everyone else asks how high. When a paralyzed woman is brought to Dornan's stage to receive the witch doctor's blessing, the elven maiden swishes her wand and commands the Lord Lucas, holy god of Abella, to make the woman walk. Remarkably, the paralyzed woman gets up and she walks. The event catapults Dornan's popularity to new heights. People call her the resurrected Aphrodite and flock to her as if she was a deity. Dornan welcomes the praise lavished upon her with open arms. She starts her own radio show, causing her popularity to rise even more. But the truth behind her miraculous work is highly dubious. The paralyzed woman was an actress from another city paid to play the role of a disabled person. Dornan continually uses her popularity and status to demean those lower than her. She cares little for people, let alone helping them. Dornan is only dedicated to achieving more notoriety fame, and power. Her status as a prophet is nothing more than a well-calculated hoax. Because of her radio program, Dornan's message is 
now going out around the world. But just as her global success is gaining momentum, a mysterious event intervenes. Ontario's 15th law enforcement wardens in Rudassa City receive a call over Magic Mirror from Dornan's husband. He explains that Dornan has been kidnapped and held for ransom. The kidnappers have told him not to alert the wardens, but Dornan's husband turns to them for help anyway. For weeks, the Rudassa City Warden Department scours the area, but there is no trace of Dornan. Then, three days later, there is a surprising development in the case. Dornan emerges at the doorstep of her house, looking tired and dirty. She claims that she has been kidnapped, beaten, and tortured. She managed to escape through her own wits and raced right back to her darling husband. Dornan gives investigating blue cloak wardens a horrific account of how she was abducted by a huge minotaur. The story causes a sharp increase in hostile activity toward minotaurs in Rudasis as a result. It truly seems miraculous that Dornan has emerged unscathed from such a traumatic event. On hearing of her extraordinary ordinary ordeal. Dornan's followers increase their harsh treatment of minotaurs. But while the crowds are captivated by her incredible tale of survival, authorities aren't really buying the story. Dornan's description of a tall minotaur with great big horns layered with brown fur is vague and sounds too similar to a typical minotaur. She gives no clues or identifying scars, tattoos, names, anything that can help them find the kidnappers. Furthermore, her condition when she emerged from this ordeal shows none of the signs of trauma that she supposedly experienced. She was just dirty and unkempt. There were no broken bones, scars, or any bruises. After digging, wardens come across people Dornan has victimized in the past. They are more than happy to tell authorities all about Dornan's adulterous affairs with a married fawn. This prompts wardens to investigate the whereabouts of said fawn during Dornan's so-called abduction. Here, they learn that the fawn's alibi doesn't hold up. Witnesses come forward to place the fawn and Dornan in a hotel the entire time. Not once did Dornan look like she was being held against her will. With this knowledge in hand, wardens arrest Dornan for falsely reporting her abduction. She is accused of masterminding the scheme to steal her husband's fortune to run off with the fawn. Dornan's popularity and power she so coveted come crashing down. Instead of being rewarded as a holy prophet, she attains an infamous distinction in Fabella. Whenever cases of a person making false reports to the press is discovered, Fabellans around the world state that person is guilty of Dornanning. That's going to do it for us today. Tune in tomorrow for an outlaw who managed to cheat death. Subscribe now to get more new episodes right in your feed. Rate and review the podcast on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Send your questions to archivesoffabella at gmail.com. Archives of Fabella is created, produced, and hosted by Dylan Foley, with music by Garrett Ferris and Audioblocks. Books are available on Amazon in ebook and paperback. As always, look outside of what is possible and think about what might be.